0: Today I'm delighted to be speaking with Catherine Scory jobling the Chief Operating Officer at All Saints. Catherine has overall responsibility for all products, men and women. There are many entrepreneurial women in the world of fashion, but very few make it to the highest level of management. Fewer still have contributed so much to the success of a British brand in the competitive world of international fashion. Catherine, welcome and thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Sean, for inviting me.
0: Firstly, I I just wanted to get a bit of an idea about you, who you are um, and what you kind of do for work.
1: So um, I have worked at All Saints for two years. um, And um, as you said, I'm uh, the chief operating officer, but I'm an unusual chief operating officer because I look after product. Mostly the chief operating officers are more on the technology or logistics or more more of the running of the business. But um, our CEO wanted the second in command to be all about product. So my day job is managing a team of designers, buyers, merchandisers, production coordinators, technicians, and a pattern room, and some product developers.
0: So that's quite a big team you manage.
1: Yes, a team of 115 with um, 10 direct reports, four of which are directors. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big team. Apart from the retail teams, I think it's one of the biggest teams. Yeah, it's big.
0: How do you think your industry, the fashion industry, has changed over the past five or um, ten years? I mean, it's probably changed significantly in ten, but also changed a lot in five.
1: So I think the most amount of changes actually happened over the last five years. Two big things have really affected fashion over the last five years, obviously uh, well, three, mate. Three. Obviously, the whole growth of digital, and then with the virus, the growth of digital has gone through the roof because everybody's just got accustomed to shopping online. So that's the first big change. Um, the se- And then doing everything virtual, you know, doing all the appointments with all the department stores virtual, that's a huge change. And also doing design sign-offs virtually and te- technical sign-offs and uh, pattern sign offs. So that's been a huge change. The second big change is the 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 desire for sustainability, you know, cre- closing the circle and making making us use much less products and reusing, you know, old uh yarns, fabrics, um, leathers and reusing them and not using so much virgin product. Um so that's that's the second big change. And then the third big change, I think, is the speed of what we work at now. Um, it used to be quite fast, I would say, because fashion has always been fast. But now I would say it's even quicker. So there are ways now of doing things that we used to do in the past, which took long time. You know, I mean, when I started in fashion, we actually faxed the orders over to the suppliers. I mean, if you ask a 20-year-old what's a fax, they'll laugh at you. Now you can just send bulk orders and you can download them and, you know, everything is digital. So the speed of, but I sometimes think now, because it's so easy to communicate, we don't communicate properly. Whereas in the olden days, when we used to communicate, because you didn't have the luxury of just picking up the phone because it was expensive. So you would write it all down on a fax and then they would write back all the questions. I don't know if you recall, Sean. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's changed. So those are the three key big changes in fashion.
0: So if, you know, you're seeing all this change around you and things are constantly changing, I mm-hmm. mean, what excites you about your kind of about your work and, you know, what you do even in this, um, you know, these times of, um, I suppose, uncertainty? What kind of keeps you going and makes you really excited?
1: I actually think the change makes me excited. So um, when I got to All Saints, In 2018, my mum had just died and I wanted to do a job that made a difference to the world. But I love fashion and, you know, we can't walk around naked. We have to put some clothes on. So um, I wanted to work for a brand um, that would make a positive contribution to society. So it was my big dream to make All Saints the the most sustainable brand at scale possibly in the world, but I mean, that's, that's my desire. I'm not saying we're there, but that's my dream. And I think, I think the virus has been absolutely shocking for business as a whole, but what it has done, it's forced me to make choices for difference of different ways of working. And I think that's actually been a bit, that's been exciting today. I just presented a deck to my boss, Pete Wood and, um, I called it the new symphony because, you know, all Saints is a lot about music. And um, I wanted to tell him there's a new way for us to make music as a brand. You know, you don't always have to do things the way you used to do it. And I find that super exciting. And the whole sustainability growth has been so exciting. And every day I learn.
0: Talking about change um, and change is what excites you. I mean, what are the kind of changes that you see coming? You've spoken a bit about the changes that we've seen. What do you see coming? Where are the biggest changes?
1: I think sustainability is going to be much bigger than the, I think, I mean, I can see it with all the department stores. They're going to prioritize the brands that are more sustainable towards the top of the you know flow of product as you go on to the digital sites of all the different brands. Um, so I think that's, that's coming with a vengeance. Um, and then I think just the virtual world we live in, virtual ways of doing things, it's going to become the norm. You know, and also I think that that is so exciting because you can use so many. You can use less. You use less um, products to be able to create your collection. So you can do it all virtually. But obviously, it entails a lot more digital work and a lot more um, a lot more illustrators and you know, so graphic designers. It's a different group. So you still need the design team, but the way it comes into fruition is different.
0: And. I mean, if you think about the sustainability issue, I mean, is that also about people not buying as much then?
1: Well, look, I think sense is in this amazing position where we're not cheap and disposable because if you're going to spend 300 pounds and even if you buy it on, you know, with say in a, in a sale at 30% less, it's still 200 pounds, over 200 pounds for a garment. There's no way you're going to just dispose of that. And um, so we're not in that disposable fashion you know, our T-shirts are 32 pounds. That's not cheap. You know, you can get five for 10 pounds probably on, on you know, on the high street. So I don't think you buy something from All Saints to, to dispose of it. But we are going to need clothes to cover ourselves. I mean, it's pretty chilly out at the moment. And like I walked Alexandra to school this morning and I didn't have a coat on and then I had to go to the dentist. So then I I needed my coat. I'm going to need something to cover my shoulders. So if I can do it, number one, to make people feel like it's a beautiful coat and feel the sense of luxury in an All Saints piece, and, and it helps with mental well-being as well. I mean, you know, there's so many people that are feeling so anxious at the moment. And if, if, if we as a brand can help to people's mental well-being because they can feel rewarded, you know, because we can't go out for dinner, we can't go for a drink with our friends. We can't celebrate big occasions with some of our best friends in the world, like weddings and anniversaries. Surely it's really lovely to give someone a gift that, you know, makes them feel loved. So I think, I think I don't look at all senses being disposable, to be honest, the things in my wardrobe. I don't, I don't buy to throw away. I
0: buy, I buy to keep. Would you think of them as being luxury items?
1: Some of them. Yeah. So our shearling, which is, you know, it's, at the moment, we're using beautiful African shearling um, and it's made in Turkey. It is a luxury item. Our shearlings go up to over a thousand pounds. It is a luxury item. Um, and it's a really, that is a massive investment piece. But even if you take our 32-pound T-shirts, our brace T-shirts, our best-selling T-shirt on menswear, if you touch it, it's brushed. It's made of sustainable organic cotton. Um, it's, it's a beautiful T-shirt and you know when you have that t-shirt on your skin it feels like luxury so i don't think luxury has to be a designer bag i think that's old fashioned you know i think there's a modern way of looking at luxury and it's more contemporary
0: yeah and that's so what is that modern way of looking at luxury what i mean how do you how do you describe luxury then
1: for me luxury is actually how an item will, or it doesn't have to be an item how how it makes you feel so um if I put on a beautiful piece of All Sense cashmere, which is made from regenerated cashmere, and just the feeling of that yarn on my skin feels luxurious. Um, and but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a garment to make me feel luxury, luxurious, you know, a deep, warm bath. And I know that I know baths are like taboo, because it's not sustainable, but it is a form of luxury, you know, with scented candles and Um, and nice music it's it's because I think having time time is a luxury surely you know it's probably the the most important luxury and you know time when when time is of you know when time is of the essence it's you it's so it's so important to seize every moment and you know not waste our life on this planet I watched this amazing movie which you actually told me about and it was you know my octopus teacher, and this, this guy in Cape Town has this relationship with an octopus. And the luxury for me in that movie was that he had the time to swim in the ocean every day. And it was amazing. His body acclimatized to the, the really cold eight to nine degrees Celsius of the ocean without a wetsuit. So that is a luxury, being able to swim in the ocean every day. We don't have that luxury, sure.
0: No, we don't, unfortunately. Um... And, I mean, it's interesting because in many of the interviews that I've been doing for this podcast series, um, most people have said time is their luxury. Very seldom are they saying it's it's something that they've bought. You know, it is about, you know, time and family and friends and, um, you know, just being...
1: For me, it can be something that I've bought as well. I don't think luxury is just it's just non-tangible it can be tangible you know when, as i said when my mom died she gave me her solid hair diamond ring and it was in a very old fashioned setting and i had it reset in a modern setting and it just it, to me when i put it on that's luxurious and it wasn't even my, you know wasn't even mine to start off with
0: but sometimes those are the the kind of the the precious luxuries aren't they mm-hmm. you know it's something that but you might but it's a
1: thing you know yeah, it's yeah. tangible
0: yeah 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 you, you
1: know? Uh, and it's it's totally a luxury the way we live in the west you know for example i mentioned to you i went to the dentist we are able to just phone the dentist and, and we can afford to just go to the dentist that is a luxury in some countries
0: how's fashion how is luxury kind of um how is fashion embracing luxury because you, we have you know at the top end you might have couture you know mm. you've got a, Twenty-seven thousand pound jacket. Mm -hmm. Um, At the bottom end, you might have a pair of tights that's five ninety nine. They both call themselves luxury. I mean, how Mm -hmm. is fashion embracing luxury, and how do you distinguish between, you know, the the stuff that is perhaps crafted, or as you say, sustainable, or um, where there's a kind of, you know, um, an investment in, you know, the supply chain or the track and trace. How do you kind of reconcile all these different areas that? In fashion, where everything is called luxury,
1: don't you think luxury is in the eye of the beholder? Don't you think that um, perhaps you know, for some people who who perhaps don't, maybe they uh, they earn win- minimum wage, but maybe those velvet opaque tights from M&S, and they actually do have a beautiful handle, and they have those then they, they have those I think they're not even five ninety nine, but you know, to someone who perhaps normally would buy their tights. I don't know, some way much cheaper. Even that could be luxurious. So isn't, isn't luxury in the eye of the beholder? Because as I've got older, different things are luxurious for me now than what was luxurious when I was a kid. When I was a kid, a friend of mine, she used to be the beauty editor for Cosmopolitan. And I used to go into her bathroom and she's such a lovely girl and her name was Demi. And Demi used to say to me, just choose anything. Choose anything for my bathroom. You can have anything. And her bathroom, had this. she had this huge bath, and she had this whole rim that wrapped around the bath, and it was just covered in bottles of perfume, bubble bath, whatever you can imagine, and designer, you know. And to me, that was a sense of luxury. I was like, oh, my goodness, she has so much. But now I actually couldn't think of anything worse than all that clutter. Mm. (laughs) But, you know, it it changes as you develop as a human being. Mm. But it's important for every human being to feel a sense of luxury somewhere.
0: Yeah, I um, I agree. You know, luxury is kind of, it is in it is in the eye of the beholder, but that's not what we're taught, and that's mm. more told, is it? You know, you kind of think um, at the very top end of the market, like I was saying, mm. you know, you mm-hmm. might buy a bag mm. that costs, um, you know, 1,500 pounds.
1: Mm-hmm. And some,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, but, you know, mm. I mean, you know, you might buy a bag that's 10,000 mm-hmm. pounds. Um And it's marketed as luxury but the Mm. premise of that marketing um kind of um spiel that's kind of given out is that it's luxury because it's handmade
1: Mm. Mm. so i so i work with a lot of girls who do think and and do find that luxurious and do still get a lot of enjoyment out of spending three thousand pounds on a handbag um and I mean, I and I see some girls that I rate as human beings and that I really like spending my time with and they love to spend a lot of money on a bag. I once, uh, last week, someone that I know bought a very expensive handbag and I said to her, I wish that would give me the joy it gives you, but that doesn't give me that joy anymore. Mm -hmm. It it used to though, you know, Mm. as you grow older and you realize, as my mother would say, there are no roof racks on a coffin. You realize that actually... You don't need all this stuff. Yeah. And what you do need is, you know, you need a few things, but really good things. Yeah, I, l- I have a great T-shirt that says, all I need is less.
0: <laughs> Something that's come up in, in many of the other conversations where people are saying, you know, you just don't, we don't need so much. No. But we are encouraged
1: mm-hmm.
0: to buy constantly.
1: Mm, but it's, it's our choice not to, you know. So Yeah. It is our choice. And, and you know, we're grown-ups, we're adults. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need to know. But there is nothing wrong with buying yourself a few beautiful things if that's what you want. But I think what is soulless is just basing your whole life. I think the whole, but it's going away. You know, the whole Instagram celebrity um, posting of luxurious items or, you know, couture Mm -hmm. items, that's definitely taken, that's taken a a, a bit of a sidestep since the virus. Because we've realized that the nhs and that our family and that our friends and that time with these people is way more important mm. than an item mm.
0: it's funny how over the well it's not funny but it's it's interesting how how over the past eight months you know things you know the way we kind of live and kind of engage with people has completely shifted
1: mm, um, mm.
0: and i suppose there's a realization of change
1: well, you know, um, you know, I said, it's definitely a rela- realization of change. Do you remember when I said to you when we were going to lockdown and I said to you, the most luxurious thing for me, because it was the summer, and I said mm. to you, the l- most luxurious thing for me is having a garden. So grass was the most, um, you know, luxurious thing for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Tell us a little bit about your creative process because instinctively, I think one would think that All Saints is a, for, you know, it's because of the music and because of the kind of influences and what you see. It just feels instinctively creative. Mm-hmm. How does that manifest itself in the business?
1: So we start the season with a creative concept meeting. Um, and we actually started a year before the collection is launched uh, in store. And then after the creative concept meeting, we we have the seasonal philosophy. So we take like whatever the theme is. Um, so I can tell you what the spring theme is. It's the, the name of the theme is actually winter was Berlin. Our theme was Berlin and being inspired by you know, the the party scene in Berlin and the breaking down of the wall, because, you know, we did it in sort of conjunction with what was going on with the American elections and, you know, Trump's philosophy of building a wall. So we wanted something that was much more about breaking down walls, you know and that we're all connected and then so it starts with a creative concept meeting and then after that we break that down into a seasonal philosophy so we take the big concept of whatever Berlin for example and then we break it down into so what inspired us throughout Berlin so perhaps all of the suburbs of Berlin and we'll and we get inspired by the way you know the communities within the city of Berlin work together, dress together, party together, d- dine together. Um, and then, and then, for example, the theme for spring is all about, it's called, the title for spring is Hope Springs Infernal. And basically, it's all about the lack of water and um, how, you know, lots of crops that create garments are thirsty crops, like cotton is a super thirsty crop. And, you know, what is happening to the, to the To the sea uh, in Uzbekistan, you know, just just talking about very topical things, and then how that relates to fashion and how we can make a wise choice. And actually, we look for inspiration everywhere, you know, not just from music, um, but but we're definitely about communities, you know, about how our brand relates to the communities within the world that we live in.
0: How do you then address the environmental concerns? You know, you've you've touched on sustainability and. Kind of reused materials, whether it's cashmere or other materials. How do you kind of balance? I suppose not only your environmental concerns, but also your customers' environmental concerns around, around you know, kind of what you do.
1: So, all sense for me, all sense. We should always try and make the wiser choice, the bed, the more informed choice. So, if there is a web, a better way of using the cotton within our product to be better for the farmers so so we belong to the better cotton initiative that where we give money to the farmers who grow cotton and make sure that they are able to grow their crops in a healthy way without damaging the soil and then i think but as you know sustainability you can't do one thing and then think you're done you know once we've done you know cotton from the better cotton initiative now we're working on making cotton organic because, you know, an organic cotton is so much better to the environment than a, than a non-organic cotton. And then once we've done that, then I want to go into a regenerated cotton. So to close the loop, so to take old T-shirts and make new T-shirts, you know, to take old leather jackets and make new leather jackets, to take old polyester dresses and make new polyester dresses, So to recycle and regenerate is actually when you grade what is better for the environment, recycled, regenerated, and repurposed is much better.
0: Just throwing something out there. So you think about kind of this idea of recycling and things, but when Mm. you go into a store, any Mm. store, and you Mm. buy something and it's made from recyclable, recycled materials, polyester polyester, cashmere, whatever it might be, what do you then do with it? Because you can't take it back to the store and say recycle.
1: Well, we can eventually close the loop and it is a dream to close the loop. So you could bring it back to All Saints and then we will recycle it for you. And actually, this is a very interesting concept because Pete thought about this. And then the day he talked to me about it, our yarn supplier, our cashmere yarn supplier came to me and he said to me, Catherine, if you bring back cashmere garments, we'll give you a discount on your next cashmere yarn that you have to purchase So we can close the loop, Sean. We can make clothing better. And and just my big idea, so some of our, we've got a pair of trousers that's made from single use plastic bottles. My big dream is to just vacuum up all of this plastic that's out there and turn it into a beautiful item of clothing and then make the cycle keep regenerating, you know, so and and we work with this amazing factory in Portugal um, and they are just incredible when you drive up to their to their office you see all the electric cars they only drive electric cars you go into their office and you see the li- the light in the office is I don't know if you I'm sure you remember this, but the light in Cape Town is different to the light in anywhere else I've been in the world maybe LA' is a little bit similar but apart but they had the light that you get in Cape Town and the way they'd achieved it is they put these like tunnels in the roof of the building, which were like stain- uh, they're stainless steel like tunnels that go to the, to the production floor and it's a natural light. So the whole building is illuminated by natural light. And then as they're cutting the garments, the excess fabric is sucked by a vacuum from the tables down and then it is broken down and then regenerated into another cloth. So, I mean, there are, there's some amazing stuff going on out there.
0: So, I mean, so the, I mean that's a, a really cool kind of idea that, you know, you go and you buy your All Saints cashmere that, that's already been recycled um, and then you kind you of wear it back. for a season, you take it back.
1: I don't think you would do that with a 200-pound jumper, but maybe you take it back three years later. But it doesn't matter how old it is, two, or three, four years, maybe even five years, and then maybe you get a discount on a new one, you know, mm. if you want a new one. Because we can, re- Kashmir is actually really, really good to regenerate. And from no- next year, um, on menswear, uh, from the summer collection from next year, ninety-two percent of the mens collection is um, sustainable, and eighty-three percent of the womens collection is sustainable. So made from cloths that either have been used before, regenerated, or this, you know, they're more informed choice.
0: So that's, I mean, that's uh, kind of positive, isn't it? So you know, in one way you know, you're not, you, you're you practicing what you preach.
1: Mm. And we also didn't want to put tags onto our garments. But if you go onto the website, you can read a bit more about all the pieces. And also we didn't want, we didn't want to use it as a mocking tool because one of our big strap lines is we should all be saints. We should always be the best version of ourselves. Every time we do something, we should do it in a better way, you know, and that includes how we treat the planet. That's, I mean, that is for me the most important thing. I just watched David Attenborough and I think what an amazing man, you know, and, and the the thing that he said that I love the most is when, when somebody asked him, you know, what should we do? And the one thing he said, he said, we should stop wasting. So if I can use old things to make new things, that makes me so excited.
0: But then do you think encouraging consumption in people then kind of creates a wasteful mentality?
1: I don't think that, no, not always, because you do need to consume. You need to buy it. You know, you need to buy food to live. You need to buy electricity to heat your home. It's Maslow's hierarchies. You know, you've got to put a roof over your head. You've got to put clothes on your back. But if you can put clothes on your back without using any, well, I don't know, you know, without with trying to use the most informed yarn class possible, then I think that that has merit.
0: I want to talk a little bit about tech. Yeah. You know, about technology. Yeah. How, what kind of role does tech play in kind of, um, in what well, I suppose your life and your business? Um, because it, it must play quite an important part, you know, if you showing collections virtually, if you're sourcing virtually, if you're doing all that virtually, mm-hmm. what role does it place and how's it kind of slotted into your kind of ecosystem?
1: So at first, I wouldn't say I was apprehensive, but I would say that I wasn't. I wasn't as pro using so much technology as I am now because I realize it's just so much easier, you know. um, You know, if, for example, I do a sign-off with the designers, they put it all in a folder and if I want to reference it, it's so easy for me to look at. Whereas in the past I'd have these big foam boards which are so not good for the environment. Um, Now we don't have those anymore. Um, and also you know the whole time in between each cutting out the designs and then putting them on a board I mean it's laborious it's so quick to just cut and paste in digital and then bringing those into my office and then having a look at them no now it's just like oh now I'm going to share my deck <laughs> you know um, and I have to tell you that I don't think the the product has um, it hasn't been you know it hasn't been detrimental to the product at all I would say to you that sometimes it's Faster, so the designers can curate a bit more and they can, you know, they can do a few extras and then go, Oh, some wild cards. Whereas in the past, we were so, you know, so pressured for time. Perhaps we didn't have time to do wild cards. Yeah. So I think tech's changed our, our, my life a lot. I've just embraced it a lot more. You know, I'm so, I'm so a with doing presentations on Zoom and now I can do them all Zoom, you know, Microsoft. Um, meet what's called teams. Microsoft meeting teams and we use Google Hangouts so you know um I, I and at first I you know when I first started presenting because every season we present the collection to about 13 or 14 department stores at first I got so apprehensive and like wow here we go it's going to be so difficult now I you know we have a trolley that we reel around rail around the showroom. Um, we know what resonates well, how people can see better. We've got these handheld gizmos that you can zoom into the product. It's, 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 it's so much easier, actually. Yeah. It was just a big step. Imagine the carbon footprint we are saving. Mm-hmm. All that's commuting around the world for what? Yeah. You know, all these flights. I've loved sleeping in my own bed. <laughs> it's so much better packing a suitcase, getting on an airplane, going through customs. Oh, Lord, I do not like, you know, that that's not, that is not luxury. That is not luxury. Whereas people think fashion is, you know, so fabulous. (laughs) It's more fabulous now that I don't have to commute as much. Yeah,
0: Yeah, probably. Um, And what about your designers? I mean, are they using a lot of 3D design software? Are they using Clo or... Um, other software no, packages? but,
1: but w- no, they aren't. but uh, because we still hand illustrate, um and then um we scan it in and then we um, and th- and then the illustrators imagine the the, the prints uh, on on the body of the the model. Mm. but um no we we aren't yet, but we are using three d design for our patterns um, to make our patterns more accurate. Uh, so we've been trialing Gerber and you know, a few, actually, um, because the problem is, is that nearly every single one of our—not every single one, but a lot of our—a lot of our businesses have different uh, software. So that's you know, it's like when we were kids. Some people have VHS, and some people have Betamax. Who's to know which one's going to, you know? And then you have to invest in the in the software. Mm.
0: Um, and what about kind of uh, digital representations of the clothes in advertising or online or. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen, you know, Vuitton and other kind of um, brands have been using avatars. Mm. Um, So they're not actually even using models; they've kind Mm -hmm. of created these characters, Mm -hmm. um, and everything's kind of digital. Mm -hmm. You know, is Mm -hmm. that a kind of thing that you'd thought would be appropriate, um, kind of having a saint avatar?
1: uh, No, I don't think so. Uh, but I do think we will have an avatar from a fit perspective. You know, we do need an avatar. Um, and we have already done that. We've based it on our, our male and our female fit models. But um, I don't, we're a very real brand. I don't think we would ever market an avatar. Our, it's very important that our community and our people and our teams see a real person be. I wouldn't want to make it too, you know, I, I, I don't think that would be right for us now.
0: No, no, and it's interesting. That might
1: change, you know.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, there are companies, you know, that you can buy virtual garments, mm-hmm. which are really mm-hmm. expensive. They don't exist in the real world, and you can kind of dress your um, your avatar in games, for example. Mm-hmm. You could have a mm-hmm. store um, mm-hmm. in Fortnite or wherever it might mm-hmm. be. What mm-hmm. do you think about all that?
1: Well, I don't think I, I don't think that's right for all sense because you know we're we're, we're we're a brand about music and about I think we're a brand about this is the difficulty with the virus. you know we're definitely about and not an occasion but a celebration or time together and um, basically a party, you know, and it's so hard in in these times to have that sort of so you have to do it via virtual means, but I don't think if if you know when the virus when when we do when a vaccine is working, I think I think our community would definitely want to go to a gig. You know, they love live gigs, and musicians like giving live gigs.
0: Yeah, so I mean not, that's a different just, thing, isn't it? It's
1: not just the audience. You know, mm. yeah. so the musicians are, are missing the, it's, the. I mean, it's so interesting because the whole, the whole, the whole importance of who is important in society has changed since the virus because. You know, all these celebrities and, you know, famous people are now so much less famous because they can't use the mediums they used to use, which were, you know, shows. and.
0: How does the kind of the environment that you're in, you know, the working environment, has that changed in terms of your output?
1: I think now output is the measure. Uh, not being at work from nine to six, you know, being, uh, I think, you know, just what have you achieved? What what value have you added to your to your business? And I mean, it's it's very much the way the tech companies run their business, you know, but we've had to adapt to that quickly because of COVID and not being allowed to go into the office as much. Not not being allowed, but only going in when we really need to, just for the safety of our teams.
0: Has that changed the dynamic?
1: Weirdly, Sean, I think people actually work harder. I think that we need to be careful because the younger generation don't know where to stop, you know, because everything is so at their fingertips, they can just quickly pop back on the laptop. And we need to be careful that they do have a break between, you know, that there needs to be a cutoff between work and home life, because otherwise it just can be all consuming. And and I think the biggest thing, the biggest negative has been how people have felt through the, the virus. So I don't think that I, I don't think from I don't think for a minute people haven't worked as hard. I think actually they've worked harder.
0: And what about this? You were talking earlier about community. Yeah. Kind of what's happened to the to community? Because you know, the town centres are quite quiet. Yeah. Kind of residential areas are much busy. Yeah. I mean, what what's your community, what's the All Saints community like?
1: So because it's so easy to just jump on a call and it's also very one-to-one and I'm not distracted, whereas when I used to be in my office, I had a glass door, I'd always have someone poking around going, it's time, whereas when I'm in on a call with one of my team now, no one can actually interrupt me because I'm on the call. You know, you can text me, but I can just ignore that. But if you're in my face, you know, then um, so I would say that perhaps on a one-to-one basis, it's probably stronger weirdly isn't that weird
0: yeah yeah it's interesting how this it's affected Mm. different people in different ways Mm. and especially workplaces Mm. yeah it's just it's there's it's a a very different dynamic now to what it was eight months ago isn't it the way we work and how we interact how we shop um Mm. how we you know what value we put in thing put on Mm. things Mm. um tell me about your world wardrobe over the past five months (laughs) How's that kind of changed? Do you wear different clothes now that you wore?
1: Oh, I this is so hard for me to answer because it's not what you're gonna think. So everybody around me is wearing like tracksuits and sweatshirts and t-shirts and but I was raised by a super, super strict Catholic mother who used to say to me, You're not going to the shops looking like that. So I've got that in the back of my head. So I can't like when I drop Alexandra at school in the morning. I'm in a dress, but I'm the only alien in a dress. Trust me, (laughs) but to my wardrobe hasn't changed because I'm wearing a dress today. You know, Um, but I know that lots of lots of people are wearing a top and then the pajamas on the bottom. They don't even get up and brush their teeth. I hear. I mean, it's just. But I do think it's different when you are in when you're in the part of in the stage of life that myself and Ben are in because we have Alexandra who has to get to school and she's got to have her teeth brushed, she's got to eat breakfast. So for her to do, you know, kids do what you do and not what you say. So if you want your child to have her hair brushed before she goes to school, you've got to brush your hair, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yes, I believe that things have changed totally. I mean, what trousers have you got on with that check shirt short? Jeans. Okay, good. You're not yeah. there in your
0: pajama bottoms. No, no. yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there would be Derek Rose pajama bottoms if there were, but no.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting again because you know people I've been um, interviewing for this, they they've been saying, well, you know, they have some of their kind of good clothes for some days, and then on weekends they might wear something else, or um, they might just be, you know completely dressed down and the luxury is you know in not having to dress up every day formally for work um that's so you know there's i suppose you know things have changed so much over the past mm. six months whether it's kind of how you get to work where you you know mm. where you work what you do mm. Um, And it's just interesting to see how it's impacted Hmm. on everybody else.
1: I mean, I do feel, actually, I feel luxurious when I don't get all dressed up. How weird is that? I feel more luxurious when I, Hmm. because it's just not something that has been part of my remit.
0: Where do you think um, luxury is going?
1: What do you define as luxury?
0: That's my question to you.
1: Scented candles. You know is not is a tangible object, but what it creates, which is a beautiful smell is not a tan you know it's it's a feeling you know how you walk into a room and it smells gorgeous um, let me where is luxury going? um I would say the traditional definition of luxury is changing, but luxury is becoming more important because feeling good is becoming important because. We don't always all feel good, even though we have nearly everything we need. I know that's so weird, you know. Mm. But but it's quite something to let, let's take the older generation being cooped up since March. To them, luxury is actually having a meal with the family member. You know, so so much has changed over the last eight months. So I and and to them, I, I the, my definition of luxury is that. It's becoming more important. But my definition of luxury is perhaps not everybody else's definition of luxury. The, the word luxury is different to every human being.
0: But well, what's interesting is that, um, every, you know, you mentioned the word luxury. Everyone has an opinion. Mm. You know, everybody has something to say about it. Um, and typically when you think about it or it's referred to, it's always it's mostly referred to, oh, um, a you know, kind of something that is, very expensive so it's Mm. a i don't know um, a a branded handbag or a private jet or a
1: do you not think that's an old-fashioned definition of luxury it's just the way we now think of how important the people are that work in supermarkets and the nhs you know how everything's been turned on its head now you know something luxurious is actually not having to stand in a line at waitrose you know
0: Mm. Yeah and I think I mean I think that's right but I think that when you think about these big luxury brands around the world you know people are still buying that's you know people are still yeah. buying the stuff sales of um watches mm. were higher this year during the pandemic than any other year That's just so strange Billions of dollars sold of mm. luxury luxury branded watches
1: Do you think it's because of gifting? because people can't travel so they gift each other beautiful things what really worries me more is the the disposable that worries me more the disposable consumption the notion that a t-shirt is the same price as a coffee that worries me that whole concept that something can be so cheap yet somebody's grown it sewn it delivered it and it's less than a cappuccino how is that possible
0: but you know that applies to you know many, dis- you know many disposable yeah. things at you know at all I suppose mm. all levels. Mm. Um, I mean, you know you think luxury is meant to be about specialness and mm. longevity and meaning and exactly um, you know because you know you 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 said you know your um, time is luxury. Well, it's it's a luxury because it's limited. Mm. Mm. Um, so and then you think about these. Big brands that are encourage us, encouraging us to consume. There's nothing mm. limited about any of it.
1: I don't think just the big brands encourage you to consume. I think every brand encourages you to consume. You know, but I but think, but under
0: different guises.
1: Yeah, but you know, you can um, if consuming is not bad. If it's if there's a way of consuming that isn't detrimental to the earth. And only consuming what you need, not overconsumption, you know. And as you know, yes, there's massive amount of overconsumption at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So on a, on a parting thought, yeah. if I were to ask you one thing of what your luxury would be, what would that be?
1: Mm. Time cuddling with Alexandra in the morning. That's a luxury. Um, or did you want it to be tangible?
0: No, that's perfect. Okay. Thank Catherine, you. Catherine Scorey, <laughs> thank you so much for the time. Um, Pleasure. It's been fantastic spending these last 45 minutes with you chatting about everything, really. Um, so, thank you very much. And um, we shall meet again in person um, in the not too distant future.
1: In the future. Lovely to, lovely to have this little chat with you, Sean. It was intriguing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you, Catherine, and thanks to our partners, Intellect Books, and thank you for listening. Join us next time on the In Pursuit of Luxury podcast.